It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a bit jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I'm so thrilled and honored to be joined by uh, Dr. Christopher Klenda, who is the founder of the Strategic Leaders Academy, uh, a retired army colonel. And uh, he has a PhD in war studies from King's College in London and is the author of Zero Sum Victory. What we're getting wrong about war, a very timely topic, as well as leadership, the warrior's art. Uh, Chris, welcome to the program. Thank you, Shalom. It's delightful to be here with you. Absolutely. It's an honor to have you. So uh, first, I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. I just shared a little bit about your bio, and I know you've been featured um, in New York Times bestselling books, lists, as well as many media outlets. But why did you become so passionate about leadership in general? And of course, thank you for your service. And just tell us high level a little bit about why you're so passionate about what you do. Uh, thanks, Shalom. And likewise, uh, thank you for yours. Uh, I know that you're, uh, you're currently serving as well. So uh, it's great to be on with another veteran. I mean, I was, uh, I was bullied in high school pretty relentlessly and had the opportunity to go to West Point. And that's where I developed a passion for leadership and a passion for, first of all, being able to make sure I was never in a position again where I'd be bullied. And Secondly, uh, equally important is to make sure that um, people around me and people I cared about uh, and people who I was, um, yeah, I was supposed to lead weren't bullied either. And, and so that uh, all put me on this, this journey and I was very fortunate to have served in the army for 24 and a half years. Uh, and, uh, you know, that included several deployments to Afghanistan uh, you can read about uh, some of that in Jake Tapper's best-selling book, The Outpost. And then after I resigned from the government and I started my own leadership consulting business, and uh, I've loved every minute of it ever since. That's awesome. Uh, again, thank you. That's fantastic. And, you know, on, on the screen um, in, in my room over here, I'm, I'm playing uh, CNN and I've uh, got uh, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky uh, playing uh, out there in the background. And he certainly has, has come across as a, what many would say, that term leader, uh, the leader that his country needs. And certainly we're looking at uh, folks like Russian President Vladimir Putin, um, looking at what his leadership means. So what does leadership mean to you? And how should we be looking at history, going back all the way to Alexander the Great, uh, to look at who is a leader and what, who is the right leader? Yeah, leadership is, or leadership means to inspire people to contribute their best to your team's success. And across history, that's that's what you see as as good and effective leadership. And every part of that is is vital. So leadership means to inspire. It doesn't mean to to coerce. 
so people are following you voluntarily rather than under threat of punishment or because you're dangling some carrots in front of them. Uh, second, you are inspiring them to contribute their best. So bringing out their very best, helping them contribute their best and most authentic selves, uh, lending their superpowers to the success of your organization, and then to do it uh, for a broader purpose, which is, which is your team's success, your company's success, your army's success, your organization's success. And so that's what leadership is, is all about. And you know, what's vital is leaders get good at getting better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, again, I'm chatting with the author of Zero Sum Victory, What We're Getting Wrong About War. And Chris, that's, that's a really great segue into talking about uh, business, um, because that's who our listeners are. Uh, everybody's looking to build the, the, the effective, you use that term, effective leadership and an effective organization. You already use that term, a buy-in, getting the key to, uh, to leadership is, is, is key. Uh, to getting that buy-in around tough decisions, difficult changes. So what would you say, not share all the secrets of the book, what are, what's some of the key things that you would recommend for uh, business owners, entrepreneurs that are tuning in uh, to how they can demonstrate effective leadership within their own companies and organizations? Well, I call it the ABCs of high performance. Uh, and those are accountability buy-in, which you just mentioned, and, and clarity. Uh, so I'll, I'll start with the C, a clarity, be clear about your organization's common good. And by your organization's common good, I mean, your not, not only your mission and vision, but your, your standards and expectations and your values. What does, what does right look like in terms of performance and behavioral standards? What does unacceptable look like? What does awesome look like? So be very clear about that. There's a direct correlation between expectations and results. Um, second, the, the B is, is, is for buy-in. Uh, so people, you, you want people to be intrinsically motivated um, to buy-in and we can talk a bit about how you gain, gain buy-in because it's, it's vital to, uh, to this process. And then third is uh, the A is accountability. So, um, you know, people need to feel accountable, answerable to not only to to the the leadership, but to one another, you know, to their peers, to their subordinates, and to themselves. And so, when you've got when you've got all three in place, you're going to have a high performing organization. Um, if you're missing accountability, then you're going to just keep backsliding. You're going to be inconsistent. If you're missing buy-in, then you're just going to have compliance, and people are never going to provide their discretionary effort. And of course, without clarity, people are going to feel like they're spinning in circles. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's interesting, both you and I, uh, having put the uniform on, certainly we've seen good leaders, some not so great leaders we've seen in business, we've seen in, in the world, watching the news for sure. Um, we, see, we see who effective leaders are. And I agree with every word that you just said in terms of the ABCs. Um, and uh, you, you, you know, you, you follow great leaders into, into anything and you know that they are empowering you. And is, I love that buy-in. That's, that's certainly going to be my big takeaway. So you've written the book, Zero Sum Victory. What are some of the key highlights, um, certainly as it relates to current affairs, as well as uh, some of the other things that, that if our listeners remember nothing else from this conversation that you want them to take away? Yeah, two takeaways I'd like to highlight. The first one is, is you mentioned uh, Ukraine and, and President Zelensky. I think leaders are 
if they want to inspire people to contribute their best, they need to be exemplars. They need to be modeling the behavior they want everybody else to follow. And so you contrast the Afghan president, Ashraf Ghani, uh, a year ago, almost a year, a year ago today, um, as the Taliban are, are, are moving in and he and his leaders just seem to steal away in the middle of the night, taking the money and run him. And, and then the whole thing collapses like a, like a house of cards. Zelensky uh, in Ukraine, when offered the opportunity to, to escape, he said, I don't want to ride. I want more ammunition. And so he, through force of example, was able to rally the, the, his people behind defending their, their territory, whereas, whereas the Afghan military just simply collapsed. So, so that would be the first one. The second piece, and, and the reason to read Zero Sum Victory, is I, I looked at the wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Vietnam, and we keep making the same unforced errors and own goals. And I think complacency is doing the same thing over and over again and um, expecting the same results. Because when your adversaries are innovating, you're just simply going to fall further and further behind. And, and, and we saw that in each of the three conflicts mm -hmm. where we kept doing the same things over and over again. Our adversaries innovated and suddenly we found ourselves in untenable Absolutely. position. Absolutely. Well, there, there's some very clear takeaways, and I've certainly learned uh, a lot about leadership in our conversation running uh, close to the end of our time together. And I want to make sure our listeners know where they can pick up a copy of Zero Sum Victory, as well as Leadership, the Warriors Art, as well as learn all about the Strategic Leaders Academy. Chris, can you share your uh, your website and contact information? Absolutely. The The books are available anywhere great books are, are sold. Um, in terms of the, our website is uh, strategicleadersacademy.com. And if you're interested in the 1700 mile bicycle ride that I'm taking to visit the graves of the six paratroopers from a unit who were killed in action in Afghanistan, uh, you can go to honorride.us. So that's not honorride.com, but honorride.us as in <laughs> United States. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you again, uh, Chris Farakalenda. Appreciate you joining us. Again, the founder of the Strategic Leaders Academy. Uh, and that's a wrap for us here on this conversation. But coming up, we're going to continue our conversation all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You don't want to touch that dial. Got more get down to business when we return in just a moment. Be sure to visit my website, shalomkline.com. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for having me, Shalom. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. Kimberly Jansen, CEO of Jansen Associates, talent and organizational development company. And Kim was named a top 10 thought leader, top 10 executive coach, and top 10 inspirational leader. That's a lot of top 10s over here. And together with a colleague, uh, she has written uh, Demystifying Talent Management um, and, uh, and uh, also Determining Leadership Potential, Powerful Insights winning at the talent game which uh is just out in literally a few days kim welcome to the program thanks so much for having me i'm really pleased to be here absolutely it's exciting um so research has shown that many leaders aren't thinking about determining leadership potential at all it's sort of just living in the moment 
Um, what do we need to do to get through the day? But I know in your book, again, it's called Determining Leadership Potential, Powerful Insights to Winning at the Talent Game. You, uh, you talk a lot about um, the, the struggle to pick good leaders. So Kim, let's start with a little bit of background on you. How did you become so passionate about this topic of leadership and leadership potential? I've had the pleasure of working with some really great companies who do this work really well. I have spent more than 20 years at Heinz, the ketchup company, uh, senior level at Bank of America, chief talent officer, chief diversity officer at Hasbro. I have a master's in teaching, a master's in organizational development, and a PhD in business. And I've committed myself to helping organizations and people be their best self. And at the core is leadership. And so it was a natural metamorphosis for me to be so passionate about this space. Well, that's that's fantastic. So as I said uh, earlier, together uh, with Dr. Melody Rawlings, um, who is a business professor and doctoral chair, and director of the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations at North Central University, wrote this fantastic read. So in the book, we're not going to have time to go too deep into it, um, but you talk about uh, the top 10 reasons that people struggle to consistently pick good leaders, and specifically for our audience, small business crowd, why is it so challenging to find the good ones? I think a couple of reasons rise to the top. One is there is not a consistent lens by which we are thinking and talking about this. And without a consistent frame of reference, the result is a tremendous amount of variation of what people are looking for as they work their way through an organization. I did three studies. The studies were different. One, a case study of a real estate industry, the second, a global quantitative study, and the third study was with more than 50 CEOs across the world. And the facts remain the same. We're using all different lenses. There's a tremendous amount of variation. And we're looking at things that are not true indicators of potential. Decision-making, delegating, those are not indicators of potential of whether someone can be a good leader. We're also looking at performance, which is not an indicator. It's only an indicator if the role's the same. So those are some of the highlights that rise to the top about why we consistently are getting this wrong. Wow, absolutely. And it's interesting, as you argue in the book, that performance is often used as a key criteria for leadership, um, but it really is not. It's really not a key criteria. And, and, and that's the challenge that often um, I think is, is unique in this environment of uh, of, of searching for talent. So when we talk about talent, um, you, you argue that bias frequently impacts talent management. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, as humans, we survive based on preferences and biases. We make decisions quickly about, even, even from the start of time, about avoid that or um, flex here because that's a dangerous situation. If we had to rethink every piece of data that was put in front of us as, at a first time every time, we would be stuck. And the research shows that we start to have preferences right from the birth. And the reality is, based on who we spend our time with, our socialization, our personality, we have preferences. So biases are a natural part of who we are, but when they are unchecked or we operate based on assumptions, 
then that creates barriers in terms of how we think about people. And there's a lot of negative ways in which we do that. We make rules about how effective people are based on how they look, their physical features. Uh, there's some <laughs> great research that says if you submit a resume that's equal in, sim you know, in the same way, and it's a man and a woman, the male will get the nod. And more so if the woman lists a higher GPA. And we're just, we've got some crazy things going on in terms of patterns of behavior that are both unconscious or implicit biases, and then, of course, conscious biases. And so the trick is to not narrow our talent pool by unmanaging, not managing these biases, but to really cough them up, take a look, say, are these things true, and then work to dispel anything that is, is just not true. Absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Dr. Kimberly Jensen, CEO of the Jensen Associates, a talent and organizational development company. Uh, and her new book is called Determining Leadership Potential, Powerful Insights to Winning at the Talent Game. And Kim, I have to ask, um, realizing that we're talking to a entrepreneurial audience, are the same principles in leadership true of both big organizations and small organizations? Or is there sort of a, uh, a, a different uh, secret sauce for, for different types of organizations? It's a great question. I have found that there are a lot of core principles that must be true and actually become even more true for small, smaller organizations. And if we think about what the determinants are of leadership potential, and if you read the book, you'll find that I lean on four comes out of something called the Leadership Blueprint. It's a great piece of work done by Alan Church, who's the head of talent at PepsiCo, and his, part, his partner in that work, Rob Siltzer. And they say, take a look at intelligence and personality because it's fixed. And people don't become smarter. They get more knowledge, but you, you can't change that at all. Personality is largely fixed, so watch out for derailers. Also, motivation and learning agility, you can't control that. The, pe the person has to control that. And so you want to hire for those things. When you have a small company, those become even more important. And I really saw that as I do work around the world. I've worked on the ground in more than 40 countries because the people in emerging markets are similar to those smaller businesses, have the needs around entrepreneurs where we don't have great funding, where you have to be grittier, et cetera. Those elements become even more important than when you have a bigger company or a more developed country because you have less opportunities to make sense, make mistakes rather. And so you need to make good bets and these indicators become even more vital. Absolutely, again, chatting with Dr. Kimberly Jensen about the book Determining Leadership Potential. And uh, we're, as we come to a close in our conversation, I have to ask, um, as we have this conversation in the latter half of 2022, where we certainly had an and experienced an interesting year so far, and I, I thought nothing can be more interesting than the 2020 and 2021. Uh, but as it talks about, as we talk about uh, leadership, as we talk about employment, as we talk about talent, certainly it's been an interesting period of time. Kim, what would you, uh, if you were to take out that crystal ball, what were you to, what would you anticipate? Um, looking ahead in terms of companies looking for talent is uh, do we have a, a good glide path forward or, or are there uh, rocky times ahead? I think we've got some headwinds in front of us and 
I think we're in a leadership crisis. Whether you see the churn through the economy, uh, recovering from the pandemic, the challenges around the global dynamics and government, et cetera, we don't have enough good leaders yet to help us navigate that. And we're in a talent shortage. More than 10,000 baby boomers every single day turn 65. So people are leaving the workforce in droves. We've got the great resignation going on where people feel like they want to make different choices for them. So if our pool is smaller, but our needs are greater, then we have a real conundrum. And so companies need to buckle down and oh, really yeah. dig in to choose the right people Absolutely. and then to develop them well. Absolutely. Kim, you've already shared so much with us about leadership and leadership potential. Uh, and uh, I know you've got a lot more about the leadership blueprint in your book, uh, which I want to send our listeners to. So how can people get in touch with you, your team, and uh, pick up a copy of the book? Thanks for asking. A couple of ways. Certainly through all the major uh, publishing distribution centers, such as uh, Amazon and bookstores, we also built a resource for folks because we care so much about that. It's called determiningleadershippotential.com. We'll keep adding to it. They can reach me directly through jansenassociates.com or kim at jansenassociates.com or our number, which is 866-WE-UNLEASH. Okay, fantastic. Kim Jansen, thanks so much. The book is Determining Leadership Potential. Websites, determiningleadershippotential.com and jansenassociates.com. Got to squeeze in a quick break here and get down to business. More when we return, so don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. and entrepreneurship. We're back and I'm thrilled to be joined by Eric uh, uh, Dinovent, um, who is an author, speaker, consultant, and serial entrepreneur. He's been in the financial service industry for over two decades, working with top wealth advisors and has received many, many, many accolades about uh, business and finance. So Eric, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us on Get Down to Business. Shalom. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. No, it's a pleasure. I've read a lot about you and your background. Um, so serial entrepreneur, I love to hear uh, your, uh, your background and how you became so passionate about uh, shaking things up and making a difference in business. Well, I, I call myself the mindset disruption strategist, and it really comes down to this idea that I have this knack for looking at business and just saying, hey, you know, my, my favorite motto is if it's not broke, break it. And so from a business standpoint, I've just found myself constantly looking at different businesses and saying, hey, what if we looked at a different way to do this? What if we looked at a different way to, to serve the public and turn it into a success? And it just keeps turning into other businesses over time. That's kind of the serial entrepreneur part of that. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep, keep breaking things, which is great. So I, I, I want to sort of dive deep so we can share uh, lessons learned and, and some of your subject matter expertise with our listeners. So what does being a serial entrepreneur mean as it relates to success and, uh, and, and failure? What, what has worked really well for you and what, what pitfalls would you want our listeners to avoid? Well, I guess if you're going to, the one thing I would say regarding being a serial entrepreneur is the number one thing that I think when it comes to success or failure is most people are so afraid of failing, they don't even start. Um, so like the very first business that my wife and I opened together was a children's clothing line 
that was specifically focused on collegiate clothing, but we opened it in like 2000, 2001. Um, if we were 10 or 15 years later, that would have been an incredibly successful business. Um, but we failed at it. And along the way, just learning about customer service, learning about things that, that could go wrong inside of that. And if we had never started, like all the lessons wouldn't have come to us. And I think that's really the biggest downfall that most people have is they're too scared to get off the sidelines. And it's okay to fail. That's great advice. And again, I'm chatting with the serial disruptor over here. And I mean that in the most uh, in the most positive way possible, the mindset disruption strategist. Eric, you, uh, you've got a lot going on. You share all of it with our listeners and with, uh, with the world at large. Tell us a little bit about your book and some of your other uh, mechanisms that you're sharing information. Yeah, so I've actually got two books. So I wrote a book a number of years ago called What If We've Been Doing It All Wrong? Again, kind of back to this idea of mindset disruption. It's a financial book really focused on what if the mindsets and the way that we approach finance need to be readjusted and, and rethought out. And it really comes down to this idea that when we think about money, most of the time we think about how much we can make, not the impact that the money can flow through us to make. And so that's what that book's about. But I wrote, my wife and I just released a second book for kids or maybe for parents to share with their kids called I Crashed in Backwardsville, which is just an opportunity to teach the same philosophies and ideas to your kids to really just show them the impact that the resources that we've all been given can be used to make on the rest of the world. And so, you know, those two books together to me are really kind of the key point of helping people disrupt mindsets because I found, and especially with the kids book, the younger you start, the more opportunity you have to, to really make a difference on the next generation. I love that you're sharing uh, again with both adults, kids. Uh, congrats to you and your wife on that new release, which is great. So if there's one thing that you want our listeners to remember from this conversation, from a serial entrepreneur, from the mindset disruption strategist, what would it be? Yeah, I think my my biggest piece of advice is to stop, slow down, and the word that I use is redefine success, meaning don't let the rest of the world tell you what success means. Take a step back and figure out what you want it to mean for yourself, and then set small goals along the way to get to where you want to go, because if you don't take control of that mindset for yourself, the rest of the world has what I like to call this unconscious manipulation plan to help you end up somewhere else. That's great. Uh, you know, Chris, or Eric, rather, we're, we're running uh, close to the end of our time uh, together. And I want to make sure our listeners can get in touch with you, uh, pick up a copy of the book, uh, subscribe to your podcast, and get in touch with all of the wonderful streams of information that you're sharing, as well as, of course, schedule time to talk with you. Eric, what's yeah. the best way for us to get a hold of you and your team? Yeah, the best way to do that is to go to ericl360.com, ericl360. And the reason that's a beautiful place, you got access to my podcast and my YouTube channel, social media. You can you can schedule an appointment to visit with me. Um, you know, all of that is available right there, Eric L360. And from there, just decide what is the best point of contact to stay in touch with the things that I'm doing. Absolutely. And I know you call it your 360 network because you've got a lot of uh, a lot of platforms that you're using. And my guess is two books. There's probably gonna be a third one, and that's probably the best way uh, for our listeners to subscribe and get in touch with you so they can uh, they can follow all of that. Eric, really appreciate you sharing your uh, your website, your uh, all of the advice, ericl360.com. That's where you can get in touch with our amazing guest. And Eric, I look forward to having you back on 
real soon. But coming up after the break, we've got more small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Um, you could always subscribe, rate, review, and share on Get Down to Business. Just go to your favorite podcast app and search for Get Down to Business or visit my website, shalomkline.com. But uh, we'll be right back. So don't touch that dial. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship.